Another Flyville 23 commit, this time in four-star offensive lineman Luke Burgess. We will talk about the significance of his commitment here on today's episode of the show. Let's get right on into it. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. As always, I'm your host, Dalton Pence. I serve as a credentialed media member for Cardinal Sports Zone. I also serve as a PA announcer for the university in various sports. I want to take this time to personally thank you for making us your first listen of the day. And just a reminder, the Locked On Louisville podcast is free on all streaming services, five days a week, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Shout out to the Locked On Podcast Network for the merchandise. Um, but a football recruiting heavy episode um, of the show, we will begin by discussing uh, four-star offensive lineman Luke Burgess's commitment to the program. Uh, we will then transition into three-star wide receiver uh, Tamarcus Cooley, um, cutting his list to seven. The Cardinals made the list for the brother of form or current, not former, current running back Travion Cooley. And then in the final segment, we will dive into the weekly mailbag. So we'll start out with obviously the big news from um, earlier. Over the past couple days, um, highly touted offensive lineman Luke Burgess committed to the University of Louisville. If you remember from a couple weeks ago um, when we first discussed Luke Burgess, um, he had cut his list to three. There were three ACC programs, North Carolina, Florida State, and Louisville. He had a three-weekend stretch to where he visited all three programs, and the Cardinals got the final visit on the big uh, monumental uh, June uh, 17th weekend, uh, which saw Reuben Owens committed. Luke Burgess is the second recruit that visited during that weekend to have committed to the Cardinals. I um, mean, this is one of those recruitments to where it seems like a lot of people kind of had an idea that Burgess was going to come to Louisville, but it's obviously great to, at the end of the day, get his um, you know commitment uh, for the program, and it was one that it seemed like the writing was on the wall, regardless if it was if it was Louisville or not, that he was going to be committing sometime soon after his official visit. So um, I do believe now. I'm not sure if this is um, you know the case, but I think I saw on Twitter that Burgess is the highest composite offensive lineman that the Cardinals have signed since 2009. Um, I saw that on, I think it's Keith Wynn. Keith Winnie. Keith, I'm so sorry, man. I completely uh, forget how to pronounce your last name. I do apologize. But uh, Keith, uh, who is a part of Card Chronicle, uh, has been great in terms of uh, recruiting information. Be sure to check him out on Twitter. He's a great follow for uh, football recruiting, uh, along with a couple of others. But it seems like, um, or it seemed like, I think that he tweeted that he, 
Burgess was the highest ranked off offensive line commitment for the Louisville Cardinals in at least the past decade. Uh, it was either all time or 2009. Regardless, Burgess is a highly rated prospect. It seemed like that title was probably going to go to Zinn Mikulski had he signed with the Cardinals last season, but he ended up you know, decommitting and going to Ohio State. Um, I'm interested to see where Makai Becton kind of fits into that mix because Becton was, um, you know, a high three-star, low four-star guy in his class. Burgess is a four-star, uh, according to some sites, but the 24-7 sports composite, he is ranked as the 409th best prospect in the class, the 35th best offensive tackle, and the 6th best overall prospect in the state of Indiana. The New Palestine, Indiana native, um, is a six-foot, seven-and-a-half, 285-pound offensive tackle, which is huge for the Cardinals moving forward. Um, they have a lot of veteran presence on the current roster. So, in my opinion, this is going to be a recruiting class to where we are going to see you know, Scott Satterfield and company really, really focus on addressing the trenches offensive line-wise. Ever since he came to Louisville, Scott Satterfield has been huge on uh, beefing up the offensive lines. If you remember um, how the roster was left in terms of uh, when Bobby Petrino got fired, there were, I believe, less than 10 offensive linemen on the rosters is what I feel like I remember hearing. So that that's huge is to be able to beef up that offensive line. You know, you we heard, you know, Jack Bicknell talk last year about how, you know, he feels comfortable going like seven to eight guys deep. And now this year you hear guys like Nick Cardwell and company say that, um, you know, they can possibly go even deeper than that. They've got a lot of talent, but you always have to plan for the future. And this is a huge addition for the team uh, for years to come. In Steve Wiltfong's, um, uh, let's see, in Steve Wiltfong's, um, commitment post for Burgess. I want to read a couple of quotes. Uh, he was interviewing Burgess. Burgess said, I think what made Louisville the right fit for me was the coaching staff and university itself was the two biggest things it came down to, as well as overall the city of Louisville. He went on to say, I feel like it was a great fit for me, as well as the coaching staff, how they present themselves. It was the perfect situation for me to grow. Um, he does mention that Nick Cardwell was the main recruiter in this recruitment, and uh, he had some very high praise. He says, I believe Coach Cardwell is a young coach, but he's already well accomplished for his age. He was runner-up for the Joe Moore Award at Appalachian State. Hearing how his players um, and players on the other teams talk about him was reassuring. I love his energy, and that's someone I want to coach me for four years. Um, just a quick note on that. And that seems like kind of the vibes that we've been getting from Nick Cardwell, even when, uh, he was, uh, you know, with the program in the first stint before he went back to Appalachian state, uh, and then ultimately now back in the Derby city. But that energy is definitely something that is contagious. Um, there's been, you know, multiple reports that, you know, I've, I've heard from some current offensive linemen that, um, basically said, you know, we wanted Cardwell to get the job. We didn't want them to go, you know, outside because we felt like the guy for the job was already with the program. And, um, you know, Cardwell being the offensive line coach was a move that a lot of guys in that offensive line room really, really, um, you know, were fond of. And now it's trickling down into the recruiting aspect of things. And that, you know, that, that energy that, you know, Positive energy is contagious. It's radiating, you know, into recruiting, into the current roster as well, which is huge. And that's something that, um, you know, you need to, to have 
um, when, when you're recruiting. Burgess's commitment gives the Cardinals the 11th best class in the 2023 cycle. If you do pay attention, there are teams ahead of Louisville in the rankings that have almost double the commits that the Cardinals have. So it seems like they're they're going to rise up the rankings a, a decent amount, but there are still some schools behind them that are likely going to jump the Cardinals, like Alabama, LSU are some of the schools to focus on there. Um, I'm going down the line. Uh, he says, I'm very excited to join this class. I'm doing what's best for me. But on a side note, it's awesome being a part of something special, and I really want to make history. Um, Kyle Ralph, who is the head coach of uh, New Palestine and, and really one of the you know very highly touted coaches um, in the area, went on to say this. I think the biggest thing with him, he's just really worked hard to continue to develop himself. He knows he's still pretty law or pretty raw at O-line play and the amount of work he's put in to continue to learn and get better has been very impressive to me. He goes on to tell Steve Wiltfong, he's had a great spring practicing and already looks like a different player than what he was last year. I think he's going to take major steps forward this coming season. He has a great work ethic and a desire. He wants to be great. A lot of people like the attention. Luke likes the process and development towards being a great football player. Not to mention he's a mountain of a human being. Holy cow. Um, the last thing he goes on to say, and this is something that we mentioned when we talked about Luke in the in the first time in the first episode, um, but but I think it's it's relevant to bring up again. Obviously, his frame he's up to two ninety two, two ninety five. I think we measured him at six seven and a half. Uh, he's minimum six seven and a half, maybe six seven and three quarters. With that size, he's gotten up to the two ninety two to two ninety five range. His frame is off the charts. What you see in his frame, his ability to move at that size, also is something that really pops. Just watching him on tape and watching him now in spring practice, his ability to move well at that size, his frame is going to be able to hold 330, no problem. He's going to be a prototypical left tackle, right tackle if he has to. I can easily see him finishing his college career at 6'7 and a half, 330 pounds, and look good. Once again, that is from his high school football coach, Kyle Ralph. So I think the writing's on the wall here. It's going to be a point of emphasis to uh, rebuild essentially the trenches in this recruiting class and go out and get some highly rated guys. I know already it seems like he's kind of um, he's trying to press Madden Sanker for a commitment on Twitter, as are all of the global commits. Um, but Burgess being the first one to commit, I think it's a good building block. It really reminds me of kind of like a Zen Mikulski vibe. Uh, Zen coming into his senior season really saw a kind of a meteoric rise in the rankings because he was raw in terms of you know being an offensive lineman, uh, but once he was really able to kind of kind of come to term with his frame um, and be able to fill that out, I think that you know his best days are ahead of him. And uh, you saw that, you know, his senior season at, uh, I think it was Floyd Central. And I think you're going to see that with Luke Burgess at, um, you know, New Palestine, you know, six, seven and a half, getting up into the 330 range. I mean, that's that's close to like Makai Becton range that you're going to see. Um, and, and I love his film. I love the footwork. When you look at the film, you, you can tell he's raw, but he's got, you know, you know, solid hands. Uh, good footwork is agile for his size. Moves really well for six, seven and a half. I was really, really um, impressed by, you know, how well he's able to move. Um, like I said, you know, left tackle, right tackle. Regardless, I do think he's going to be playing a ton of snaps for the Louisville Cardinals. Whether or not that's early on, that's kind of still yet to be seen. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I'm very, very. Um, 
I'm optimistic about this football recruiting class in terms of the offensive line. You know, whether it's, you know, Luke Burgess combined with like Madden Sanker, um, Jordan Church, possibly Raymond Polito, maybe Kobe Keenum, maybe some other guys we haven't talked about. Regardless, this is a great piece to build off of in terms of, you know, continuing to transform the uh, Louisville Cardinals in the trenches. So um, we will continue on through the football recruiting realm as three-star wide receiver um, uh, Tamarcus Cooley has cut his list to seven with the Louisville Cardinals making the list. What would he possibly bring to the program? We will answer that here in just a second after we talk about our friends and the title sponsor of the show, Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And it remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hey, Cardinal fans, thanks again for making Locked On Louisville your first listen every day. Just a reminder, the Locked On Louisville podcast is free on all streaming services five days a week. Your team every day. Three-star wide receiver in the 2023 class and brother of current Louisville Cardinal running back Travion Cooley, uh, Tamarcus Cooley is who we're talking about, has cut his list to seven, and the Louisville Cardinals have made that list. Um, the younger Cooley brother cut his list over the weekend. The Cardinals included along the along, alongside the likes of uh, NC State, Appalachian State, North Carolina, East Carolina, Minnesota, and Mississippi. Um, obviously, a ton of um, hometown flavor. Um, he comes from Rollsville, North Carolina, played at Nightdale, where Travion graduated from, and um, he is now enrolled at Rollsville High School, where he will play his senior season. Six-foot wide receiver, 195 pounds, plays both ways. Um, or he played both ways at Nightdale, played defensive back as well. I know that it seems like some schools are recruiting him at defensive back. Um, the Cardinals offered in uh, mid-April. He had this to say to uh, Michael McCammon of Cardinal Authorities, um, you know, the Louisville site of 24-7 Sports. Uh, he went on to say, it's something we always talked about, you know, in reference to possibly playing with Travion at the collegiate level. He's two years older than me, so I never had the chance to play with him. So we were both very excited, obviously, in terms of that Louisville offer. I'm definitely going to go down this summer, he said, when um, discussing a possible Louisville visit when it came to, um, you know, answering about a visit. Um the, the article goes on to read, in his conversations with his older brother, he's learned of the environment built by head coach Scott Satterfield and staff. He says it's a good program, very good people to be around and people to help him stay on the right track. Everyone around there wants people to be successful. So he's got a, a handful of solid uh, offers, has a Purdue offer, Vanderbilt, Coastal Carolina, uh, West Virginia. He has risen into the rankings Recently, um, he wasn't ranked in April. Now he is the 857th best prospect in the 2023 cycle, the 119th best wide receiver, and the 27th best prospect at in the state of North Carolina. So, when I watch Tamarcus Cooley on film, um, it, it's definitely 
evident as to why he has risen up the rankings. I, I really do enjoy watching his film. I think that at the end of the day, he plays a little bit bigger than six foot, kind of, you know, gives me like six two, six three vibes and almost how he plays, can play um on the outside or in the slot, uh, does a very good job of creating separation at the line of scrimmage. Um, doesn't really get affected by defensive backs kind of pressing him at the line of scrimmage and trying to get him off of his route. Route running seems to be a very solid strength with the younger Cooley. And Tamarcus has shown the ability to not only play both ways, but also um, you know, play a role on special teams, has served as a kick returner and a punt returner at Nightdale last season. And that's kind of one of the things that when you – um, you know, you look at you know some of the defensive backs that the Cardinals have been recruiting. Cole Martin, um, the Oregon commit, um, Jalen Mbakwe, the the top fifty two twenty twenty four prospect. Both of them play both ways and also um, are big in special teams. And that might just be um, I might be looking too much into that. Um, you know, obviously some of your most talented players are, are going to maybe play both ways, maybe play in special teams because they're that dynamic. Uh, but I, I think it's neat that they have that versatility. It seems like versatility is kind of the name of the game when it comes to, you know, um, the priority in, in recruiting for the Louisville Cardinals. Uh, but Tamarcus Cooley, I think, will be a very solid addition to this recruiting class. Obviously, two receivers in the class already in uh, top 100 prospect DeAndre Moore and four-star athlete Jalil McClain. Um, I think that Tamarcus Cooley with a solid you know, uh, senior season could be a guy that you know is maybe right outside of the top 500. I, I do think that um, you know you see the talent you know on film. It seems like he's better than you know. It, it's hard to believe that he's you know there are a hundred other receivers, let alone 119 better receivers in the class. So um, you know that's something to watch out for. Is how high is he going to rise up through the rankings? Um, obviously. I'm not necessarily sure of, of, of where the Cardinals kind of sit in this recruitment. I know that having Travion on the roster is huge. Um, assuming that Travion will be here for his junior season, which, you know, we haven't heard anything that, you know, suggests that he wouldn't be. Um, he uh, Maybe, you know, there were some rumblings that he may be looking to enter the transfer portal. Um, but at the end of the day, he is still with the program. So I'm not going to put words into his mouth. I'm not going to insinuate everything. Um, I'll address the rumors, but I'm not going to give them, you know, um, you know, say that there's any substance to that. Um, Minnesota is a program that he visited in, you know, in mid-June, then immediately visit, visited NC State the weekend after, North Carolina the weekend after that, visited Ole Miss um, at the beginning of this month. So uh, Tamarcus has, um, you know, visited a handful of programs. It seems like it's going to be tough to take him um, out of the uh, state of North Carolina. So it seems like the work is going to be cut out for them, but it can't hurt to have Travion on the roster. And I think it would be a solid addition. Um, you know, you have two very highly rated four-star guys. I'm not saying that Tamarcus Cooley, you know, can't be in, in that you know same conversation, but I, I think that it's solid to already have two guys committed at, at the position, but with the you know possibility of a handful of guys leaving, you know, to the draft and stuff like that. And, I think that, you know, the Cardinals do need some, um, you know, some reinforcements at the position. So that's something to look out for. Tamarcus Cooley, a very, very solid recruit, and hopefully the Cardinals will um, get further into the mix. So that's going to wrap up all of the recruiting talk, uh, the football recruiting or designed episodes, I should say. We're going to talk about recruiting in the mailbag segment that will come up here in just a second. If you are watching this on YouTube, obviously you are not going to hear 
the implemented advertisements that you would if you were listening to this on various streaming services like Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. So um, just keep that in mind. But heading into the next segment, the final segment of the show is dedicated to the weekly mailbag. There are a couple of different questions um, that I want to focus on here that we will kind of you know dive right on into. The first one goes into basketball recruiting. It is, is there any type of, is there any type of insight into a possible decision for Imani Bates? I'll be honest. I don't think anybody knows. Um, it seems like it's been kind of all over the place. Um, first, it seems like Louisville was the clear-cut favorite, and then he wants a spot at Michigan, and then there's rumors that he might be going back to Memphis or maybe even playing overseas professionally or going to the G League. Um, Eastern Michigan has been a place that's been rumored. I think Kansas State at one point had their name tossed into the mix. I personally don't know. At this point, um, I- I'm kind of ready for it all to be over. Um, and for Bates to make a decision, I would love to have him here as a Cardinal. Um, and I know that he said he would be making his decision by the end of the month, which I think that there's only three days left in June. So uh, it seems like a decision is is on the horizon. But um, it, it seems like there's not a lot of confidence in the Louisville si- or on the Louisville side of things. But I'm not necessarily sure. Maybe I'm reading too much into that. But ultimately, yeah, I'm not necessarily sure. I think at the end of the day, it is what it is. Um, but with nine scholarship players, it doesn't hurt to add a player, especially of Bates caliber. So moving right on along, let's say that the Cardinals add a player like Fabio Basili and get to 10 scholarship players, assuming that the program does not get a pro does not get a postseason ban. Do you think that this is a tournament team? I think it's a team that's going to be competing for the tournament. I think that the talent is there. It's all about, you know, meshing well together and developing. Uh, you're banking on a lot of personal development. Um, this is a team that had a losing record last season. Um, was in a lot of games, but obviously it comes down to wins and losses. I think that with the proper development, you're going to see you know some of these guys take the next steps forward, like Jalen Withers, L. Ellis, Sidney Curry. Um, you would have to bank on some production from newcomers like um, Brandon Huntley Hatfield, Devin Ree, Kamari Lands, you know, so on and so forth. Fabio Basili would have to be somewhat serviceable. I think the one thing that kind of um, makes me a little hesitant to you know, say that this is truly a tournament team is the fact that, you know, at the current moment, we only technically have one ball handler. That is L. Ellis, uh, who is a point guard, by the way. Um, outside of that, I, I know it, it seems like Kenny Payne wants to kind of, you know, take a page out of the Florida state playbook and play, um, you know, bigger guards and stuff like that. But, you know, um, it, I, I'm not necessarily sure. Um, I'm not necessarily sure, um, if this team is a lock to make the NCAA tournament, I think that they have the talent to do so. It's going to be a matter of how well they mesh together. So kind of moving, moving into that realm. So. Keeping on to the track of, um, I can't even, we're not going to read that question. Um, (laughs) We're not going to read that question. It'll get the fan base a little bit riled up. Um, Moving right on along into the mix, we are going to go into the NFL aspect of things. This is an interesting one because I haven't had a question about, uh, about the NFL in a while. Do you think it is wise for Lamar Jackson 
to bet on himself and not hold out for a long-term contract. Um, I mean, I don't think I have, I should have a say in it. I think that Lamar Jackson knows what's best for Lamar Jackson. Um, I do think it's kind of disrespectful the fact that he hasn't gotten a deal yet. Um, it, it's ludicrous to me that Lamar Jackson has not gotten a deal yet, um, especially you know with his, excuse me, with his um, gosh, I get the hiccups with his body of work, with his talent. I mean, I think what you know what he brings to the table for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, he's a franchise player. I, I think that. Um, if, if Lamar thinks it's a good idea to bet on himself and he's comfortable with doing that, I mean, I think, you know, you trust him. Um, I, I do, um, you know, have a little frustration toward the Baltimore Ravens side of things because what else does Lamar Jackson truly need to show you to get a long-term deal? But regardless, um, it, it just kind of is what it is. I think, you know, if Lamar feels like it's smart, you'll – by all means, I mean, who am I to tell you he's wrong? And I don't think that he's wrong for the record. Um, you know, I think that Lamar's going to have one hell of a season. So we will definitely pay attention to that. So finishing up the episode, um, the last question is about football recruiting. Who, if you had a prediction on who the next person to commit is, who would it be? That's a good question. I'll probably go, it's down between Madden Sanker and Jordan Church. I personally, I'm going to go with Jordan Church. I think that um, you know it could be you know a, a, an instance to where you know we could see a commitment in a week or maybe a couple weeks. But it, you know he was a guy that I was kind of looking at um, in you know coming out of that June 17th week and as a possibility on commitment watch. So I would probably say Jordan Church. No inside info, just a, just a hunch. Uh, Madden Sanker could be on commitment alert as well. So. Talked a lot about recruiting, the Luke Burgess commitment, uh, Tamarcus Cooley cutting his list to seven, and diving into the weekly mailbag segment. Um, thanks again for making us your first listen of the of the day. Be sure to check out Locked on ACC for all of your conference news, hosted by Candace Cooper, who does a fantastic job covering the conference as a whole. Um, but there are going to be two episodes today, so be sure to look out for the bonus episode um, previewing the wide receivers position. That's going to wrap up the first episode on this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Global Podcast. Everyone have a great one. We'll see you back here soon.